We're on the top of Tzadik Zayin Amadalef, four lines from the top, Hashta, the Tani, Abua, the Shmuel. What the Gemara is talking about over here is when you found Tfilin on Shabbos, so the Mishnah made a difference between Tfilin Chadashais and Tfilin Yishonais. If it's Tfilin that are old, in other words, you can see, you know for sure it's Tfilin, you can carry it on Shabbos. But if it's Chadashais, so it could be someone made something that looks like Tfilin, but it's not Tfilin. And the Gemara before said that it's really a machlaikis. Machlaikis between Rab Meir and Rab Yehuda. Are you chayshish that a person would make something that looks just like tefillin or not? That was the pshat the Gemara said till here. But now the Gemara is going to say a different pshat. And the Gemara gives a simon before. Shitzi atzvi simon. Hash that the Tani Avodishmol but Rab Yitzchok. Now that we learned in Abraisa that says, Eilen Yishonais, what's considered to be old pair tefillin that we know for sure it's tefillin. If it has the ritzuis of the tefillin, and it also has the proper knots that we make in the tefillin. As Rashi brings over here, in the tefillin, so in the tefillin shalyad, you have a knot that looks like a yud, that's supposed to touch the bias, and in the tefillin shalrosh, you have the, the knot in the back that uh, looks like a dalit. So, if it has the proper knot, that's yishonis, you know that it's made for tefillin. Chadoshois, what are new tefillin? Yes, ben They have the straps of the tefillin, but v'loim kusharis. They don't have the proper knots in the tefillin. The kula alma. So now, based on this, what do we see? We're not talking about a pair that's made and tied exactly like tefillin. The straps are not even tied properly like tefillin. So therefore, now we can say the kula alma. Everybody would agree le'torach inish that a person will not make another kameya that will look exactly like tefillin and make the kesher exactly like tefillin. Chadashis means that a taka doesn't look exactly like tefillin. It wasn't made with the full kesha like the tefillin, and therefore you're not allowed to carry it in on Shabbos because it's not kosher tefillin. It's not, not hasn't have the proper kesha. So if you're going to put it on, you're going to wear it and carry it in. You're not wearing proper tefillin. You're carrying. So you can't make a knot on Shabbos. It's one of the malachas kosher. But why can't you make a bow? You can make a kesha as a bow and make the kesha of the tefillin. Make a bow. If you tie the knot of the tefillin, but you make it with a bow, it's not going to be a good kesha for the tefillin. But it's not tefillin. Huh? But it's not tefillin. No, it's, it is tefillin. It was made tefillin. The means it was made for tefillin, but it wasn't finished. It wasn't oh. finished properly, yeah wasn't finished properly with the proper kesher, that's why you can't carry it in. So the Gemara is asking, so make the kesher with a bow. So the Gemara from here, you see that a bow is not a good kesher for the tefillin. Rabbi says, no, you don't have to say that. Rabbi Yudah goes according to his opinion, which we learned in Masech the Shabbos, the Omar, even making a bow on Shabbos is also a proper knot. It's the Malach of kesher. So making a bow is not an option. We don't pass it like Rabbi Yudah, but this is Rabbi Yudah's opinion. You can make to make a kasher, if you make any kasher on Shabbos, it's that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you're putting it on without a kasher, so then it's like you're, you're carrying tefillin. It's not a lavush, because it's not, you're not being yet to the midst of tefillin with it. Right? The Gemara here is going according to the pshat that we said before, that the Tanakhama holds, you could only carry in the tefillin because you're doing the midst of tefillin when you're carrying it in. So if it doesn't have the proper kasher of tefillin, you're not doing a mitzvah with it. And to make an aniva, so, one pshat is, it doesn't work with tefillin. Another pshat is, the aniva is also a iser, it's also like a regular kesha, according to Rabbi Yehuda. By talk, Shabbos by day. It's a different story, I'm not sure about that. Because by night, anyway, it's not this man of tefillin. 
Talk to Gemara. Time da nivek shirimal yesihi. So now, what is the Gemara saying? The only reason you can't make this bow because it's a proper kesha. Holavachi onavluhu. Would that mean that otherwise, according to Rav Yehuda, you could make the kesha of tefillin with a bow? Va'omer Rav Yehuda bereder Rav Shmuel ba'shilis mishmeid Rav. The kasher of a tefillin, exactly the shape and the way you make the kasher, it's a halach just like everything else about the tefillin, the, the shape of the tefillin, the size of it, everything, the color, and the, all the things about, about tefillin is halach The kasher as well. So how can we even suggest that you're going to make it with a bow? Rav Nachman also said, the, another thing which is halach about the tefillin is not only the kasher, but also the noy of the tefillin, the noyeyen, refers to the letter of the tefillin and the bias, which is the shin that we have on the bottom. So you have to put that shin that it should be facing outside. By the, by the tefillin of the, sh- the shalosh is made up of four bottom that are stuck together, right? So if you're going to make the shin in the bias of the tefillin, but it's facing inside, you can't see it outside. The whole point is that it should be seen outside. As Rashi here says, You should see the, sh- the, the letter shin from the Abish's name on the tefillin. So the question of the Gemara is, how could the Gemara even suggest to make the knot of the tefillin as a bow? It's not the way that Allah Chalamayshim Yisinai is. And so the Gemara no lavdafke, the anev luhu ke'en kshirididhu. He'll make a bow, but he'll, he'll make the shape of the knot exactly the way it's supposed to be done for the tefillin. The way that Allah Chalamayshim Yisinai is to make it in the shape of a yud, the shape of a dalit. He'll make it exactly the way that Allah Chalamayshim Yisinai requires. Elamai, not with a knot, he'll make it with a bow. That's why the Gemara suggested such a thing. Omar of Christo Marav. So the Gemara would be okay, but the Gemara explained before that according to Rav Yehuda, you can't do it because you can't make this kesha on Shabbos. Omar of Christo Marav, Alekeach, Tfilim, Mimi, Sheinim, Mumcha. You buy Tfilim from somebody that is not a Mumcha, he's not an expert. You don't know if you can rely on him that it's kosher Tfilim or not. So what do you do? Baidik shtayim shalyad. You have to take two par, two of the parshiyas, two shalyads to be baidik to see if it's kosher. And va'achas shalroish. And you have to be baidik one shalroish to see. Oi shtayim shalroish, roish va'achas shalyad. Or two from the shalroish and one parsha from the shalyad to see if it's kosher or not. Frak the Gemara, why are we being baidik this way? Manavshach. Either way, it doesn't make sense. E michad gavra kazavin. If you bought all of these tefillin from one person, live daik, so shouldn't it be enough to be baidik, oi shalosh shalyad, oi shalosh shalosh? To be baidik, three pairs, either all shalyad or all shalosh. Why does it say dafke two shalyad and two shalosh, and one shalosh, or two shalosh and one shalyad? Why wouldn't it be enough to just check three parshas, either just from shalyad or only from shalosh? And if he bought pairs of tefillin and it's coming from two or three people, it's not coming from one person, so you should have to check every single pair that you bought. Why would it be enough to check two or three pairs and then you'll know? You don't know anything. You have to check each pair separately because you bought it from different people. Really, it was all bought from the same person. But you have to check. It's not enough to check three parshas. You have to check at least two from Shayad and one from Shorosh, or two from Shorosh and one from Shayad. You have to check from both the Shayad and Shorosh to know that he's an expert and he knows that are right, the Shayad and the Shorosh. That's why you have to check both. Correct. The Gemara, Amy, is this true? 
Tfilin, Baidik, Shalosh, Shalyad, Vishalraish. When Tfilin, you have to be Baidik three from Shalyad or from Shalrosh. Martaich is not my lab. Don't you think this means Oi, Shalosh, Shalyad? Oi, Shalosh, Shalrosh? It's enough to check either three parishes from just the Shalyad or just the Shalrosh. You don't have to check from both. So the Gemara says, no, that's not how you read what he said. Loi. The Pshat is Shalosh. You have to check three parishes. Mehan, Shalyad. Some of them should be from the Shayyad and some of them should be from the Shodosh, like we said before, two from Shayyad and one from Shodosh, or the other way around. But there was another thing about You can be Baidik two, either from the Shayyad or from the Shodosh, only two. That's the Gemara. No, that Brais is a different opinion. That Brais follows Rabbi's opinion. Rebbe's opinion is that only with two is enough to make a chazaka. Before we said you have to be baidik three, two from shayad, one from shorosh, is because, yeah, why three? Because usually we know to establish a chazaka is three. Rebbe's opinion throughout Shas is that only twice establishes a chazaka. So therefore you can be baidik one shayad, one shorosh, and that will make a chazaka. If it's going according to Rebbe, aim is safe, but what does it say in the safe of that? If you have a, a, a few tefillin that are tied together, tzvas, as we'll see soon in the Gemara, tzvas means that you have a bunch of tefillin that are tied together. So you have a bunch of tefillin, so you have to check the second group of tefillin, you have to check them. If you have a third group of tefillin, you have to check the third group of tefillin as well, you have to check two of them. If you have a bunch of different groups of tefillin that were tied together, why wouldn't it be enough to check one, a second, and that's it? Rabbi holds twice is enough. Why does it say to check three if Rabbi holds twice as a chazake? That's the Gemara. Maide Rabbi. Rabbi would be Maide Bitzvasim Dimitrei Tlase Gavri Zavin. And in this case, we're talking about different groups of pairs of tefillin that are not all bought from the same person. If it all comes from the same person, then you're right. Only checking two of them would be good enough, because Rabbi holds twice as a chazake. Over here, though, these groups of tefillin that were tied together, they were bought from two people, from three people. It was bought from a lot of people. So you have to check each one of them separately. If that's the case, why does it say only to check two or three? You should check every single group of tefillin that was bought from another person. You should have to check separately. Says the Gemara, and it's true, you have to check every group separately. It says here only three. It's uh, to take it out of the Chazake. He's just telling you that even though in the Reisha, Rabbi said that two, checking two is enough, because Rabbi holds that two is the Chazake, here he wants to tell you, no, two is not enough, you have to check each one separately. But really what Rabbi means to say is when these groups of film that are tied together that were bought from different people, you have to check each one of them separately. Okay, so this is the end of this Indian when you get to checking film that comes from a person that's not an expert. You find film that are tzvasim. Tzvasim means groups of film that are together. Um, and what does kriches mean? The same thing, also tied, tied together. What, what are these two things? What's the difference between them? And for the Gemara, basically the same thing. 
Svasa means zavi zavi. There are peers at fillin that are tied together. Shalyad, a shalrosh, another shalyad, another shalrosh. Peers at fillin that are tied together. Krichais. What does krichais mean? The krichin tuva. A lot of tefillins are tied together. They're not necessarily tied as peers, but a lot of tefillin are tied together. Not in, not, not not in peers. Huh? Bundle. Bundles of tefillin, exactly. Not necessarily in peers, but it's the same idea. Okay, that's just to tie the meaning of these words, tzvasim and kriches. Now, what did it say in the Mishnah regarding a person that finds these groups of these peers of tefillin, these bundles of tefillin outside? So it said in the Mishnah, Machshech Aleyen, you wait there with the tefillin, you can't carry it in on Shabbos, you wait there with the tefillin until it's dark, and then you bring it in after Shabbos. Why? Why doesn't he carry it one pair at a time? Even according to the Tanakhama? Uh, we learned before, in the, the one period of time you can bring in, so why not bring in one period of time? If he could bring in one period of time, and he'll be able to manage to bring it all in before Shkiyah, then he brings in one period of time. But if he anyways cannot bring them all in by the time Shabbos, by the time Shkiyah Sachama comes, so then, so then he just waits until it's not. He's anyways going to have to continue going back and bringing in back and forth until Shkia. So he just stays there until Shkia and we're not make to allow him to bring it in. So what did it say? Next thing in the Mishnah, when you have these bundles of tefillin that were there and it's a time of a sakana, so what do you do? So the Mishnah said, you have to just cover it and you can leave. Cover it so it shouldn't become mizbaze. Um, it shouldn't just be left uncovered. You cover it. We learned if it's a time of a sakone, you can bring it in, and you can bring them all in, even not wearing it like the way you wear one pair to fill and bring them all in together. As long as you just walk less than dollar amas at a time, so you see that you could bring it in less than a dollar amas at a time. And our mission says you just cover it. It's not a question. In the Mishnah, it's talking about a case where there's a Sakana of Goyim, and they made a Gzeda not to put on Tefillin, and therefore, if the Goyim are going to catch you there, then it's a Sakana's Nefashis. So there's no point in telling you that you should carry them in. The Goyim are going to see you carrying it in. It's a Sakana's Nefashis. So you have to just cover it and go away. And the Sakana's listing. And the Bryce is talking about a Sakana of robbers. It's not, it's not a sakana that your life will be in danger. It's a sakana of robbers. So therefore, in such a case, if that's the sakana, so then we allow you to take it in, dalit amas at a time, and walk in. So what are you saying? What's our Mishnah talking about? The sakana is goyim? That the case is that goyim, it's a sakana that they're going to see you carrying the tefillin. But what does it say right after that in the Mishnah? Rab Shimon says regarding this case here, what you do is, in a time of a sakana, and we're talking about sakana's goyim, that it's a sakana that goyim made exeter, you shouldn't wear tefillin, you pass over the tefillin from one person to the next, and no one should carry it more than four amas. So, why do you do that? If one friend is giving it over to another friend, it's for sure going to make a bigger, how did they touch over there? More bigger commotion or bigger, huh? Attention. Bigger is going to attract attention. more attention. Of course, you have Xayda here. <laughs> the Tanakhama says, cover it and go away because of the Sakon of Goyim. And Rabbi Shimon is saying to give it from one friend to another. 
So the Gemara says, you're right, we're going to have to add something to the Mishnah. It's missing here in the Mishnah. This is what you have to learn in the Mishnah. When do we say, just cover it and go away if there's a Sakana of Goyim? So it's your life is in danger. If the whole Sakana is just of robbers, so then, even the Tanakama is saying, that you yourself could walk and bring in the Tefillin as long as you're walking less than Daladamas at a time. That's a Tanakama. Now you don't have to have the two dots over here. As you see, they take out the two dots. And then the continuation is, Not you yourself should walk less than four Amas at a time. You should have one person giving it to another person, and that's how you should walk in. So basically, what are they arguing with in a case where you're going to have to bring in all these pairs of Tefillin, and you're not wearing them, and you, you would only want to carry it four Amas at a time, what's a better idea? That you yourself should carry it less than Dalad Amas at a time? Or that one person should give it to the next, and that's how you should carry it less than Dalad Amas at a time? What's the basis of their Machlaikis? If you yourself are carrying it less than Dalad Amas at a time, Odif, that's better. If you're going to give it from one friend to another and to the next, you're involving more people in carrying on Shabbos, even though you're not carrying more than Dal Damas. But why involve more people in this, in this uh, carrying in the Tefillin? Better do it yourself, do it less than Dal Damas, and don't involve more people in this. No, it is better to include other people and pass it over. If you say one person should carry it and stop less than Dal Damas, Zimnin the lava daite. Sometimes he won't pay attention. If you're stopping yourself, you might go a little bit past Al Damas, you're going to forget and go more than Al Damas. So, therefore, you do it passing it over to another person, they'll remind each other and they'll remember not to pass it more than Al Damas. That's the Machlik is here. Doing it yourself is better, not like See, let's see, I'm not 100% sure. I think we pass in uh, not sure. I'm not sure what we're asking like. Okay. So, Dr. Gamaravai Tevechem, Benoi, it said in the Mishnah, the same Allah would be with a, your child that's out in the field on Shabbos. Dr. Gamaravai, Benoi, my boy, also. What's, what's a baby doing out in the field on Shabbos? They said, what happened? That his mother gave birth to him out there in the field. So, yeah, we have to, so he's exposed outside to the elements and you have to bring him into the city. What does it say that you can pass over the baby from one person to the next, even if there's a hundred people? What's the chiddush here? The afal gab, the kashile yada. For the baby, it's not so good to pass from one hand to the next hand. It's not comfortable and it's not good for the baby. Maybe we should say that you yourself should walk less than dal damas and continue walking that way, even though it's not so easy for the baby to go from one hand to the next. Nevertheless, Rab Shimon holds this is better to carry the baby this way. Okay, Doctor Gemara Vaita, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Noise, and after from Machta Tiri, you mind the." No, no. Doctor Gemara Vaita, and the Mishnah said after this, Rabbi Yehuda, Noise, Adam Chavis Vechulim, that a person could also pass over. That is a barrel of food from a oh, barrel of water. We're going to see the Gemara is talking about. You pass over a barrel of water from one person to the next. Even if Rabbi Yehuda said you have to pass it over to somebody that's outside of the Tchum. Okay. And then the Gemara says on that, Omru Loi, 
They said to Rabbi Yudin, no, you can't pass it outside the Tchum. The, the barrel is owned by somebody, and that person has a Tchum Shabbos. The barrel of water that belongs to him has the same Tchum like the person that owns this barrel. Frak the Gemara, and Rabbi Yudin disagrees with this. The last lay that Rabbi Yehuda had at none, does Rabbi Yehuda not hold of a mission that we learned in Mesech the Beitzah, Habehema, Vahakalim, animals or any vessels, Keragle, Habailim. The tchum of these things are like the owner. This is a halacha that everybody agrees to, that the tchum of objects and a behemoth follows the tchum of the owner. So why is Rabbi Yehuda saying that you could take it out of the tchum Shabbos? You know what we're talking about over here? He's not going to take out the barrel itself. When you come to take it out of the Tchom, he's going to pour the water out from the barrel into a different barrel. The original barrel, Taki, you can't take out, but the water in the barrel you could take out. Why the water you could? Why shouldn't we say that the water should have the Tchom like the original owner? Rabbi Yudah follows his opinion. The Omar, Mayim, Eimbem, Mamish. Water does not has not enough of a substance, uh, substance that you say that it follows like the Tchum of the owner. And the water does not have any Tchum. Where do we see this? What's that Mishnah talking about? On Yontif, let's say. So a person was baking challah. And you bake challah, so there's ingredients in the challah. You put in flour and uh, whatever ingredients you put in and water. So water you borrowed from your neighbor. So now the question is, this challah that you baked, according to whose tchum does it go? Does it go according to your tchum, because you put in the flour? Or maybe it goes according to your friends, your neighbor's tchum, because your neighbor, your, your neighbor, you got from him water. So the Tanakam over there says, because this flour, this, this challah is mixed with flour and water from two different people that have two different tchumen, so you have to be machmer, both tchumen. You can't move the, this challah you baked out of the tchum of yourself and the other person that gave the water. Habita says, no. The water that you got from the other person is, is not significant. You made the challah with your flour, with your ingredients, the mayim and ben mamish. That's not enough of a substance that the tchum should go according to the person that gave you the water. Okay, so the same thing over here. What are we saying? The barrel, he's pouring out the water from the barrel, and the water, ein ben mamish, the water, you can pour it out and go out of the tchum. Umay, loy tahalech. Now, when it said in the Mishnah, loy tahalech zu, that they told Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Omru Loi, they told Rabbi Yehuda, Loi Tahalach Zu Yosem Ragle Baleh, they told him that it shouldn't go more than the owner. Loi Yahalach Masha Bezu Yosem Ragle Abaylam. They weren't telling him that the barrel itself shouldn't be carried out, because Rabbi Yehuda agrees, you don't carry the barrel itself out. They were telling him even the water inside the barrel to pour it out, even that you're not allowed either. That's what they were telling him. Okay, so that's the first answer to the Gemara here, from Rav Shlokish, with the name of Levi Sabo, that it's only the water that they're taking out. But the Gemara says, this is L'chayda, not true. When does Rav Yudah say that the water itself has no substance, and therefore we don't follow the Tchum of the water? That's that the water is just ingredients in the, in the dough of a challah. Over there I say that the water is not significant enough to establish its own Tchum. But if you have water in a barrel, just the water, does Rabbi Yudah say that the water will not get the Tchum of its owner? And the Gemara brings out ayah that it would. Water in a pot. If you're cooking vegetables, you're cooking whatever, a cholent or whatever it is, and you add water into a pot. So Rabbi Yudah holds even water in a pot. Part of the ingredients in a pot, that water is not going to be bottled. That water has establishes the tchum of the owner. So over here, when you have water in a barrel, it doesn't establish the the, uh, 
the Tchum of the Honor, the Tanya, we see Rabbi Yudah said in Abraise, Rabbi Yudah Oimeh, Mayim umelach betelim b'isa. Water or salt, so if it's ingredients in a dough, so they're not significant to make their own Tchum, because it's mixed into the dough. Ve'ein betelim b'kedeira. But if you have the gravy in a pot, in chicken or whatever it may be, and the water is is added to it for the for the for the cooking, so that does it's it's there. The water is noticeable separately, and the water does establish its own trum. So going back to our case, how could you say that Rabbi Yudu was saying you're pouring out the water from the barrel, and therefore the water doesn't have its own trum? The water befeidish does have its own trum. El says a new what we're talking about over here is a barrel that's owned by somebody, and therefore the barrel, there is a tchom according to the owner. And But the water does not have any shvisa. What are we talking about? We're talking about, let's say, water that was drawn on that day from the well or from, uh, from a stream. So the water, there was never kind of shvisa. There's no tchom for this water. So, so therefore the water is not an issue to take it out. Mayim, um, where are we holding it here? The batla chavis, the gabi mayim. So now what happens is, since the water has no shvisa, since the water has no tchum, not only the water has no tchum, even the barrel that's containing the water also has no tchum. It's bottled to the water. And the Gemara brings an example for this, that the contents of the barrel is more chashiv than the barrel itself. The whole purpose of the barrel is to hold the water in it. So if there's no tchum for the water, there's no tchum for the barrel either. What's an example for this? If you carry out a living person and you're carrying him out with his bed, you're going to be potter not only for carrying out the person but also on the bed. Because the mitta is just holding the person. Now, if you remember this Allah, we learned it in Masechta Shabbos. If you carry out a person on Shabbos, why are you potter? Because he's alive. And chai noisa atzmai. A living person carries himself. So for the person, you potter. Even though you're carrying his bed with him. If you would just carry the bed, you'd be chayyib. But now that you're carrying the person in the bed, so the whole bed becomes secondary to the person. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's just there for the person. So therefore you're going to be potter. So we see that the same thing, we could say the same thing regarding the water and the barrel. That the barrel is tuffled to the water. Hamaitzi, another example you have over there in that Mishnah. Hamaitzi oichlem pachas mekeshir. You carry out food, and the food itself does not have a shear to be chayev for. There's all kinds of shiurim. We learned this in the Sechta Shabbos to be chayev. And you're taking out something that's less than the shear, the keli, and you're taking it out on a keli, even though the keli is large enough. You'll be potter on the keli as well, because the keli is secondary. It's a big chiddish. That's the din over there in the Sechta Shabbos. So the same thing over here also regarding the water in the barrel. If the water doesn't have a tchum, so then the barrel that's containing the water doesn't have a tchum either. Now, okay, so this is the pshat in what Rabbi Yudah said. Now the Gemara has a different question on Rabbi Yudah's shita. Rabbi Yosef asks, Rabbi Yudah, it says, Rabbi Yudah said, if a person is traveling with a caravan of people and they don't have enough water when they're traveling, so in order to get water to this caravan that's stuck without water, so you can pass from one person to the next until out of the tchum and pass over water to them. That's the halacha that Rabbi Yehuda says. What do you see over here? That the only time Rabbi Yehuda said that you can pass a barrel of water to people outside the tchum is only if they're traveling a caravan of people that are stuck there. That's when it's allowed. But if not, it's not allowed. 
So how are we saying in our Mishnah that Rav Yudah always allows it? We'll have to say that in our Mishnah as well, when it says that Rabbi Yudah allows to pass a barrel out of the Tchum, it's only because there's a caravan of people that are there outside the Tchum. Rabbi says, no, you don't have to say this. If it's a caravan of people, even if you have a barrel of a barrel that there's a Tchum on this barrel, and the water, there's also a tchum in this water. Of, so, nevertheless, Rabbi Yudu was making when you have a caravan that are, of people that are stuck with that water. <coughs> in our Mishnah, there's no caravan of people. So what are we talking about? Like we said before, when there's a barrel that there is a shvisa, there is a tchum on the barrel. But the water was drawn on that day and there's no tchum on the water. Like we explained before, the water is the ikr, the barrel becomes tuffled to the water. So therefore you can carry it out even when there's no shayar of people that are stuck. Ravashi Yomar, Ravashi says, the pshat in our Mishnah is different. In our Mishnah we're talking about a barrel which is hefker. There's no water bechlal to this barrel. There's a barrel of water that's completely hefker. And what's the chilish over here? Umayim the hefker, the water is also hefker askinon. Okay, so what's the halacha with something that's hefker? Is there any halacha of a tchum on an object that's hefker? So Rabbi Yehuda says, no, because, sorry about that. Rabbi Yehuda says, because it's hefker, because it's hefker, so therefore there's no tchum in it at all, so you can carry it out. That's what Rabbi Yehuda was saying. So now, what's the pshat in the Mishnah? Uman omru loy, and those that argued with Rabbi Yehuda and said that even if it's hefker, you still can't carry it out of the tchum. Who is this? Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri, this is Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri, the Omar, Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri said, and we had this before once already, Cheftzei Hefker Koinen Shvise. Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri's opinion is, even something which is Hefker, <laughs> and it doesn't belong to anybody, wherever it is, when Shabbos comes in, in that spot, that's its Tchum, and from there it can't go more than 2,000 Amas. So Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri holds, even something that is Hefker, there is a Tchum. So the Gemara asks, wait a minute, if that's the Pshat in our Mishnah, that we're talking about something which is Hefker, so when it says in our Mishnah that they are Rav Yechen and Benuri, we're saying now that it's Rav Yechen and Benuri, that he argued with Rav Yehuda, what does he say? You can't take it more than how far the owner could go, but it's Hefker, there's no owner here, what's the Pshat? That this chayfetz, this chavis and water that are hafker should not be carried out more than a keli that would have been owned by somebody and then there is a tchum shabbos. This also has a tchum shabbos. That's what Rabbi Yechen Manuri was saying. But not that this actually has an owner. We're talking about something which is hafker. That's the final pshat in the Gemara in this Mishnah. So they argue about what hafker is allowed? They're arguing whether there's bachlal, a concept of tchum, when you get an item which is hafker. Mm-hmm. Is tchum dafka when it's owned by somebody? So there's a person that's being shaivis, and that establishes the tchum, uh, or even something which is hefka. There could also be an Indian of tchum. It's a huge chiddush. We're going to see more about this in Mitzvah soon, uh, towards the end of the Masechta. Okay. Good